For decades, we've helped Tom's family with parenting, adoption, and what it means to be pro-life. It's just typical of the way Focus on the Family has worked over the years. They just provide very practical, biblically-based things that help people to make the right choice and, and support people in ways that really are necessary. That's why Tom and his wife give monthly, to encourage and equip other families. Focus on the family is out on the front lines of things that you know are necessary in the culture and in, in the community, and we as Christians are called to support God's work in that way. It's just a blessing to us to be a part of it. I'm Jim Daly. I'm inviting you to give monthly so that together we can save even more families. Join our Friends of Focus on the Family team by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash family. All right, here's a really important question, and I want you to think about it honestly. What's your greatest fear as a mom or a dad, your greatest parenting fear? I'll give you a second to ponder that. I'll share that for me, one of my biggest fears uh, was during a season of uh, acting out. One of our kids was acting out in some pretty dangerous ways. And I was seriously concerned for their life and uh, for decisions being made in this season that might affect the rest of their life. Uh, I prayed a lot, uh, a whole lot then. Well, I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He heads up our parenting team. And Danny, you're a trained Christian counselor, so you don't have any fear. You've never had any moments of fear, I'm sure, oh, or have not, you? John. I mean, I'm no. being a, I'm being facetious, obviously. <laughs> I've never, I think I've we're never always had fear. what are you talking about? We're always subject to some sort of fear as moms and dads. How about you? What, yeah, what there's you... not there's nothing wrong with feeling the the feeling of fear. Uh, that's a, a normal reaction to something that you don't want to have happen. Hmm. And uh, besides my daughter doing aerial acrobatics and the potential for her to get hurt. Uh, yeah, so she's way up there that, off the ground. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's way up there and upside down with her, her neck pointing down. Certainly there have been uh, moments of nervousness there. But I would say I, I experienced the greatest fear uh, probably when they started to drive in the oh. consideration of, of the potential for an accident to happen and, and getting that phone call that something has happened. I, I've... Uh, Walk that journey with with several families in the in the on the counseling side of things, and so you know the the abruptness of that the the sudden moment of of sh- just shifting in in your life when that happens, and so that was once they were driving on their own and started to to go places long distances on their own. Uh, yeah, those were moments of fear for me as I waited for them to return, and I uh, mm. continue to just pray for their, their physical safety as they drive around yeah, the roads. Yeah, I appreciate your honesty on that, and uh, let's go ahead and hear uh, some further conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Gary Thomas, who talked about how to overcome our fears as parents. So let's uh, put it to the test. I mean, with you and your wife, Lisa, mm. what surprised you in your parenting? What was uh, something that caught your attention that changed your walk that changed your view of God, your uh, thought? I was surprised at the level of fear I faced. We love our kids so much. And I remember as a young man reading the story of Joshua and Caleb and 
saying, we, we can take these. You, you, you remember they were the, the two of the 12 spies that went into the promised land, and the other 10 spies were saying, you know, we can't take these people on. They're too big. They're too powerful. They'll crush us. They'll have their way with our wives and children. And I always imagined I would be the Joshua or Caleb. Hey, guys, we can do it. We've got God on our side. He's already delivered us out of Egypt. What could there be? That's what you envisioned yourself. That's what I thought as a yeah. single man. <laughs> When I read that passage again with two daughters and a wife, I thought, if failure means my wife is at their mercy, mm. and if failure means my daughters are their property, how bold would I be now? So when I was reading that as a single man, I'm thinking, let's just go for it. Let's be bold. God's already delivered us from Egypt. How difficult can this be? But then when you're a married man and you have a wife and you have two daughters and you're realizing the, the consequences of failure is that your wife could be taken over by them and your daughters could become the property of these vicious people, I could understand why they weren't quite so bold. The stakes just are much higher. When you look throughout scripture before virtually every person is called in the service of the gospel, talk about Gideon, you can talk about Elijah, you could talk about in the New Testament. They're always told not to fear. It's like God says to them, I have this plan, I'm going to do something amazing. But the first thing he says is, don't fear. And we often think of scandal taking a lot of people out of ministry and occupying us and keeping us away from doing what God wants us to do. But I think in many ways, fear aborts a lot of ministry before it even starts. And so if I can learn to handle that fear, then when God places a vision on my heart, I can say, you know what? I had to face this down with my kids. I let my kids, I let one kid go to Johannesburg, Africa for a missions trip. Another one went to Kenya when I thought she might have a hard time finding a way around the block and I'm letting her go to Kenya <laughs> without knowing anybody. But when you can face down those fears, the other fears that hold back so much ministry don't seem quite so scary. You know, Gary, in the book, you talk about how your, your children can teach you something as a parent. Now, that seems counterintuitive. seems different, right? That uh, normally we're teaching them. And we get in that mindset as a parent that it's only a, a one-way street here. Let me teach you how to do things. But you raise this question in the book about being open to what kids are teaching you as a parent. What kind of situations would be uh, conducive to that? Where does a parent need to say, okay, what is my child teaching me? What's God teaching me through my child? One of the things I found out was there is this evil little part in me that says, don't inconvenience me. <laughs> it's just, it's a selfish Ouch. thing. Okay. I hate it. <laughs> All right, don't have kids. But often I found that the problem was my annoyance, not that my kids were annoying me. And I think when I was a younger father, I just, sometimes you just want peace and quiet. And I thought the problem was somebody who was stopping the peace and quiet. God challenged me that sometimes the problem is <laughs> that I'm annoyed when it's not always peaceful and quiet. And, and that's real life. Yeah. Running a business, coaching a team, in a ministry, out in the public square, interruptions are never convenient. People don't die on a schedule. They don't get sick on a schedule. You don't have accidents on a schedule. And so for me, it was learning to let go that I can't control my situations. I can control my response to the situations. But kids can bring a special kind of chaos 
Yes, they can. <laughs> and, and so it's learning to sort of just go along with that rather than letting that. So how do you do that practically, anger. though? I mean, you're talking to guys right now and moms, too, who have that same problem. And how do you practically step back from that and say, OK, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm not going to let this situation dictate my joy, dictate my response. How did you uh, find a handle to deal with it? One of the things I'm seeing now as an empty nester is that when you see other parents with young kids right now and you see the response, and I know the tiredness, and I know this isn't the first time they've dealt with this issue with this child. It's probably the hundredth time. And so you see the lack of patience or whatnot. But just when you could look at it with objective eyes, you could see a little bit of the, the flinch the kid takes, that they realize they're just an annoyance to their parent or they're frustrating to their and they parent. they feel it. Oh, they do. They do. And they internalize it. And so it's just, I, I think, accepting that your desire is, I want my kids to feel loved. I think looking back now, what I would say is the environment I would want to create is that you mean the world to me. You're more important to me than my comfort. You're more important to me than my reputation. You're more important to me than my hobby. And I don't want you to think that just not being this perfect being in the sense of being quiet when I want you to be quiet and going to sleep when I want you to go to sleep and not getting hurt when I don't want you to get hurt, that that's not what it's all about. It's not about you pleasing me. It's about who you are. And developing their character into that confident person. Because that's, that's how God treats us. Yeah, it it's is, not, exactly. He loved us when we were yet sinners. And so it's not that uh, he loves us more when we're making life easy for him. It's that he loves us because he loves us. I really appreciated, Danny, when Gary Thomas was saying, I cannot control all of my situations, but I can control my response which is something I have to keep in mind all it's the time. Wisdom. It yes. is. It yeah. is. So how do you, how do you mm -hmm. encourage us to do that, uh, you know, day to day, minute by minute? I know most parents would say, I know that already. It's just in the moment, I don't do it the way I know I should do it or I could do it. And one exercise that I love to use often is a pause button. I remember using this for the first time myself as I was having children uh, grow up in my home. It, the idea is to to have pause buttons throughout your home and in your car where you can visualize yourself pressing pause and then seeing the situation and figuring out, okay, what is it that I need to do in this moment? What does my child need? What would be the best decision in this moment? And trying to freeze frame uh, the, hmm. the situation and sometimes saying, guys, I'm, I'm pressing pause here to figure out how I'm going to respond to this rather than react to you. And many parents have used this. They've said, we, we, we had pause buttons all over our car, on our refrigerator, <laughs> in our house, because we needed to work so hard on self-control. Yeah. And moments just sneak up on us, and all of a sudden we're reacting. And then as they thought through moments and were more, more successful, they pulled down the pause buttons and have continued to, to use that uh, along the way. And it's been, it's been helpful because then the kids see that and yeah. they begin to think the same way. Mm -hmm. Well, we have Dr. Danny's uh, pause buttons. Uh, you can buy a case of them, a case lot of them from our website. <laughs> and uh, it sounds like we need about a case of them uh, just to get over all of those moments yeah. to, uh, to remember to control our response. Seriously, we don't have those buttons, but we do have Gary Thomas's book, Sacred Parenting, How Raising Children Shapes Our Souls, which has all sorts of terrific insights and reminders about 
uh, this path that we take, this holy path of being a mom or a dad. Uh, We're making that book available for a generous donation of any amount, either a one-time gift or a monthly pledge to Focus on the Family today. Donate, and you can find out more about doing that and about getting a copy of the book in the show notes. And we also have some free articles online. One that we're going to link over to is The Divine in the Daily Grind, and it relates right to what Gary was talking about today. Well, next time we'll hear how your body language can impact your parenting. Uh, For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead. and full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.